Woo, woo, woo. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome back. You are listening to the Entrepreneurial Web. I'm your host, Jeremiah Fox. Before we get started today, a little trip down memory lane, a little nostalgia for Friday the 13th. Woo, the last Friday the 13th in 2020 was March the 13th. That was a fucked up day. <laughs> it was my last day hosting the show out of the studio. For those of you who have not been following along uh, since the beginning of the show, we, we uh, used to broadcast live. I guess used to be in person sitting across the table uh, from me uh, in Midtown, New York, right, right in Hell's Kitchen, just off of Madison Square Garden. It was a great spot, super fun, a great thing to do every week. And then Friday, March 13th was the last in-studio show for me and the world came to a halt at that point and we've since done this whole thing from zoom uh often i'm sitting in my restaurant della where i'm at today and i've it's been great because it allowed me to bring on people from all over uh so far it's been north america i've had people reach out from other parts of the world uh and, and that hasn't quite happened yet but uh definitely people from canada and people from california and it, it's really been a wild experience but it just in preparation for today, I was like, man, I hope things don't get crazy. Interestingly enough, there's a new set here in New York City of, or in New York State of uh, restrictions that go into effect today. Namely, restaurants and bars have to be closed by 10 p.m. No more people. Cut off. You got to go. Uh, gyms have to close. Gatherings of people were, were limited once again. Um, seems small in comparison to what happened last Friday the 13th, but uh, grateful for health and uh, for a lot of the experiences I got along the way, it's not been an easy trip, but uh, looking in hindsight, it was what, eight months ago? It was, it was a crazy eight months. So I just wanted to share that. Um, I'm going to bring on my guest now. Uh, he is the owner and founder of Motivity Video, which is a video production company, mainly focusing on marketing videos out of Boston, New York. Um, and, and the message this week, it's a question that maybe my guest and I will get to answer uh, over the course of this uh, show. And it is, if a picture is worth a thousand words, what's a video worth? With that, I would like to bring on my guest, Andrew Penziner. Andrew, welcome. Hey there, glad to be here. Thank you, thank you. So Andrew and I met um, recently, we're both doing a, a mastermind, a business mastermind with the amazing Lance Knob, who was also a guest on the show back in May, maybe? May or June, a really fascinating individual. And so Andrew and I have been, we've done a number of Zoom calls already. And uh, the first time you spoke on the mastermind, I was just like, nice, I like this guy. He'd be great on the show. And, <laughs> and the more you spoke, the more that affirmed that. So really, really glad to have you here. Uh, why don't you give everybody a little background on you, your, you know, how you got into video production, um, you know, what that process has been like, and then uh, starting your own production company at a certain point. Sure, sure, sure. And, but, but, you know, I, I think I have to say, I think what made you like me is my voiceover voice. I think you said you like my voice and what I was saying. I think that's really it. <laughs> and that's a video tactic I'm, I'm unfamiliar with. Oh, no, no, no. Well, I do that on the side. I, like, yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> you've heard me on JetBlue, maybe. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just Before like totally, totally subconscious where I was like, I know this <laughs> Yes, lure him in, lure him in. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. You know, I, you know, I, I'm one of those. I, you know, I went to school for video. Uh, mm -hmm. I didn't really know what I was getting into, 
But, um, you know, when they first put a camera in my hand and, you know, I was up in Lake Champlain at SUNY Plattsburgh, you know, where I minored in freezing cold. And they I went to I went to University of Buffalo. I, I yeah. sympathize with that. I major in music, minor in snow. Yeah. 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 But, you know, we, we had to go out and do something on Lake Champlain and it was beautiful. And, you know, we took a car on the ice and, you know, and a camera. And I'm like, wait, I can get paid for doing something like this. <laughs> it's fascinating. I had I said the same you know, kind of feeling about music, but it turns out you, you can't get paid doing it. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I made some and, and, you know, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Yeah. And video is hard too, right? Because yeah. back then, you know, we were looked at rising up through the business. It was when they used that language, like, oh, you guys are a dime a dozen. I can pay you anything I want. Like, right. Right. You know, and you have to work your way up. And it was, you know, sometimes really, really hard. Um, but, you know, I, I kind of always... I mean, I was always in, in the visual space. I had drawn, I thought about going to school for architecture, for graphic design. Mm-hmm. In one way, I think of myself sort of as like a video architect because I just like to touch all things visual and spatial. And actually that's why music works, you know? And yeah. I, 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 you know, I love cooking, but I like presentation points too. <laughs> so, so are you um, always thinking about like how it would look in a picture when you're putting a plate together? Oh yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, I can't help not. But That's great. Um, but so, you know, um, got my first producer credit make way back, uh, you know, uh, make, making cable ads. But what, what was beautiful about that, aside from the pain of it, was um, you had no money. So you had to come up with good ideas. So that's where I learned about the strength of a good idea, you know. And, and, and so that led me into broadcast promotion, on-air promotion and branding for like TV and cable, Fox Sports and all that stuff uh, where you get to be really creative, but you also – have to be strategic from a marketing sense. So it wasn't just making pretty things. And, uh, you know, I'll just long story short, I ended up at uh, uh, WBZ TV in creative services as a senior writer producer in Boston. And, you know, we're doing great stuff, you know, $1,000 budgets to $250,000 budgets, Mm -hmm. you know, flying two helicopters at once and cranes. And, you know, it was fun. (laughs) Yeah. 35 and, uh, but, you know, I kind of wanted to, I always knew I, I, I'm a lifelong learner. I wanted to do other things. And um, it was actually when I trained uh, to get myself out the door, I trained as a voiceover artist because mm-hmm. uh, uh, way back in college, I was too afraid to go on radio. Like, we, <laughs> no. I was you chicken. got a, you got a great face for radio. You do. <laughs> and I was chicken. And, uh, but I always loved microphones and talking into a microphone and, and you know, that whole craft and that actually you know i decided to leave and that got you know the plan was i I really didn't have a strong plan um the plan was i knew that would bring in a certain amount of money get me started and then i would freelance and then figure it out i just had i just felt the urge i had to move on i had to try um so that's that's the short of it and you know i think i can link now pretty quickly which is and on-air promotion and branding, I'd always made commercials in 30s and 60s. And so mm-hmm. I'm wired to think that way. And when I left, videos were five and ten minutes long. You know, yeah. people are like, oh, you don't have much experience to make an industrial video, you know. And, and you know, 
in here we are today, you know, as things have evolved, 30 and, and 60 in TikTok and everything. land, right? It's like everything it is rules, 15 right? seconds. <laughs> yeah. It rules. Wait, you want me to think in 15 sec- segments? I can think in five. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Seriously, it's no joke. It's no joke. Uh, what's It'd your strategic? Yeah. What, what's your what's your opinion on TikTok? <laughs> I mean, I love it. I, you know, honestly, I haven't had enough time to engage in it on my own. I mean, you know, I know you have kids and you have businesses and, you know, and everything. And, you know, we're in hybrid learning right now. So, yeah. you know, with a nine year old at home, I would love to jump on TikTok, but free time is something that i'm just not finding i I always i always make time for tiktok every day i i post i post a tiktok every day um it's funny i i got started on it probably like in october and and i had to get my kids to help me at first i was just like what what's the deal here what do you do you know but they they showed me a couple things and then i just like just blew past them and and it really came down to the pandemic and and tiktok Mm -hmm. really sorry i'm receiving my seafood real quick (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. There you go, man. Thank you. Um, it came down to uh, TikTok aging up finally and getting out of the like, like I was just using it at first. I was just fascinated with the idea coming from a music background. I knew you couldn't just in a social media post or especially a paid run, use yeah. some very, you know, popular music uh, without potentially getting blocked or hit with some kind of, you know, BMI, ASCAP, Royal CP, something like that. But if you did it through TikTok and, and their little emblem was floating around, you can do whatever you wanted. So I was doing these, like, especially for Instagram. It is just for Instagram stories. And I could rip whatever music I wanted and put it to like us setting cocktails on fire and everything. And it was like, well, this is the aesthetic I've always wanted. Now I can do it basically for free. I just have to do the work. And that did, you know, that did okay. And I would put up a little thing here or there, you know, just goofy or hop on a trend, but nothing really <clears> happened. But as soon <throat> as pandemic hit, all of a sudden it was like, grown men doing workout videos like i and i took off with 15 second jujitsu instructionals just showing like a technique with a little text or something a little context and all of a sudden boom i'm getting like twenty thousand views per video and i was just like oh hi what's happening and like sponsorship offers and i was like amazing (laughs) really wild super it's so focused it lets you do exactly what you just said yeah you know it's so clear it's so obvious yeah, I, I've enjoyed it. I mean, and it's also like my introduction into video. I'm really into video and video production. My buddy, he's also uh, a close friend. He used to work for me. He he basically did the same thing. He was working for some larger companies and broke off maybe like two years ago and, and started freelancing. He felt like he had enough clients, but he was working like one or two days a week for me just to supplement. And at a certain point, he was like, I got enough work. I don't I don't need to work for you anymore. And I was like, fantastic. But then he and I started doing stuff together. I showed interest in it. And we've done a few things. Um, we've just put some short things together. Um, but but TikTok is really my is really my bag. <laughs> it's like so sad to say. It's like a forty four year old man. I'm like, it's like TikTok is my none. Uh, oh. So anyway, I'm curious. Okay. How much time a day or a week do you spend on it? Like. On on TikTok, it depends because um, I'm very limited with time too. I mean, gotcha. I'm running I'm running three businesses. I'm trying to keep a fourth mm-hmm. thing kind of. Well, I've got like as we talked about in the mastermind, I've actually got like three or four things on the back burner plus three kids. Mm-hmm. So I'm always I'm just working. But I spend I would say I spend easily an hour a day working on video, 
um, whether it's, it's, you know, it's a combination of like in the morning we do a little, I'll do, I work out every morning and I try to record something every day. And then, um, I'm constantly doing stuff with the show. I actually have, uh, I hired somebody that helps me, um, cut up little snippets for social media for the show. Um, but I, I do all the YouTube stuff. I piece all that together. Um, I do, I do probably one Instagram live a week too with somebody else. Like I, well, I definitely do one with my brother every week. And then I try to fold another one in another live broadcast. Um, so I'm constantly pulling these little pieces. Um, so I'd say easily an hour a day just working That's with impressive. video and video related things and, and hopping on TikTok for, for consumption. Cause I always want to see like where things are going. I've been monitoring, you know, for like the last eight months, uh, last 10 months and just seeing like what's <clears throat> happening now, where, where's the next little like nook and cranny to, to elbow into. Cause there's a lot out there. I mean, it's increasing, it's wrapping up, it's ramping up big time, you know, and now there's a lot more adults on there and there's some really impressive people on there. I'm not quite that impressive. So it's like, where, where's your little niche? You know, I find, I mean, you probably would agree like in video marketing and storytelling, you, you have to have a little, a little angle, at least you have to make some kind of noise somehow, you know, I, I, and I'm always, you know, you said niche. I, I, I've always been about the idea of narrow casting. Yeah. You know, just, Find, find the fish that you want. <laughs> yeah. And that was, that was my approach to music, but I just had like, I don't know. I feel like I had too many values wrapped up into it or too much philosophy for me mm-hmm. to allow it to make me money. So I just like, I was like, that'll be a side thing. And, and like food and beverage, I didn't have all that baggage tied up into it. And so that, that became like the bread and butter, but now I'm circling back. It's funny. Like I studied art music and I was playing like I was putting out like free jazz albums and prog metal and stuff like that. And now all I want to do is make 15 second hip hop beats (laughs) for TikTok. (laughs) Hey, they're awesome. (laughs) It's like jujitsu took over this side of my brain and TikTok took over this side of my brain. And I'm trying to fuse the two. That's so. All right. We're going to take a break and I'm going to wrestle with that. (laughs) I'm kidding. We are going to take a break, but I I feel very good about what I'm doing these days. So hang tight, everybody. We'll be back in a few. We'll catch up with more of what Andrew's got going on. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Listeners looking to boost your business, why not advertise on Talk Radio NYC with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply send us a message on our website, talkradio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock, 
every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back, everybody. If you're just tuning in, this is the Entrepreneurial Web. I'm your host, Jeremiah Fox. Today, we are zooming to Boston, Massachusetts to talk to Andrew Penziner. He is the founder and owner of Motivity Video Production, which focuses and emphasizes uh, short form video for marketing purposes. Is that correct? Did I say did I did I encapsulate it all the, the right way, Andrew? <laughs> yeah, you know, it. Yes, and we, but the short form thing is interesting, right? We, so a lot of short form, but uh, really do all kinds because okay. I think I'll just say you know different lengths of video, different parts of the funnel, different goals. You know, right? Mm-hmm. What's like the what's like the the standard long these days? Oh God, I, you know, honestly, I I don't. So I don't I don't know if there is a standard long, honestly, but or I the think average. It's really common. I mean one or two minute videos for a marketing or brand video or product video are really common. That's know? like a year, right? <laughs> like a two minute it's video. Like, it's like, it, oh, we've been here so long. Yeah. I, I know I'm cramping. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it is, it is. It's, it, wow. It, yeah. It's it funny. Cause I, I think of everything in terms of like, uh, I use like IGTV is kind of like the, the, yeah. the transition. Like if it, if it can play without them clicking, then, then you're, you know, you're, you're short form. If they have to click your long form, is that kind of accurate? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And, you know, it, it also depends on, you know, just how and where you're using it, you know? Yes. I mean, right. You know, I just did a video for a company who has this communication solution, their startup, uh, some mass general doctors and some researchers, and they have this product that can break the pager problem in hospitals, like unify all communication, bring the pager into it. So doctors don't have to carry pagers, tablets, smartphones, all this stuff. Right. And, you know, they were doing something on start engine, you know, so um, like uh, crowdfunding, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but a little bit more, I think, business focused. Right. And so, you know, it was a two minute video there that made perfect sense for that, you know, place. Yeah. So right video, right length, right time, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I think of it in terms of this different social media platforms and they all kind of have like different yeah. limitations. So it's like Instagram has like that. It's not a cutoff, but after over 60 seconds, we're transitioning. You're kind of moving away, which could be good or bad. Um, you know, TikTok, the 60 second max, most, most are 15, you know? Um, yeah, I, I have seen lately with with TikTok, like the recommended um, the recommended music and also the the viral, you know, uh, if, if you click on music and you go to more, it'll show you mm-hmm. like what's what's trending now. What are like the most viral and most of them now, it seems like are over 15 seconds where like three months ago, 
they were almost all like I would, I'd speed up my video, you know, like in Premiere Rush, I'd like <laughs> increase yeah. the speed so that I could get it within 15 seconds because you just couldn't <laughs> find anything more than that. And now it seems like it's flipped. So they may, it may be going more towards 30 seconds, but, um, and then Twitter is what two minutes and 20 seconds is like your max there. Yeah. And then Facebook, you I, could just, you could post a super, super long video. But I get, you know, I got to tell you, is like, you know, someone who makes video and video marketing, if I'm looking at Instagram, I, I can't tolerate more than 15 to 30 as a consumer, right. you know, yeah. I'm like, I'm not the only, only, only thing I will watch that's longer is like a, a soccer team's highlights, you know, condensed yeah. highlights. If, if there's an eight minute reel of a highlights of a match in the Premier League or in Serie A, I, that I will watch nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> right. I got you. Yeah. Um, so when did you when did you branch off on your own and get away? Did, did I see you work for Viacom as well? That was in so, in the little snippet you sent me. Yeah. So CBS, WBZ in Boston, CBS is owned by they're an O and O owned and operated by Viacom. Oh, yeah. So that was my last full time job in 2006. That's <laughs> so, so really interesting. My last day job was also. 2006 to 2007 working for Viacom here in, in New York City. I no worked way. For, no way. So, <laughs> it gets better. I worked for BET. Really? It was That's really awesome. interesting. Yeah, I was in the their ad sales division for for like exactly 12 months. Um I started yeah. as a temp, you know, just went through a temp agency and they sent me in um on Halloween <laughs> of all days. That was my first day of starting. I came in on Halloween. They just needed help um in, in this one particular, uh, you know, admin position uh, for the executive vice president. So we were on like the 46th floor of the Viacom building in Times Square. And I was like, I would never, you know, I never wanted a cubicle job, but damn, this is like, if I just like lifted my head over the wall of my cubicle, I was looking at the top of the Chrysler building. I was like, I can do this. So I hung out for a year and and ended up, you know, again, I was I was a I was an assistant to Ray Gold, Ray Goldborn, the, the EVP, uh-huh. uh, it, you know, right outside of his office. Yeah. Lou's car was there all the time, and you know, whole cast of like uh, stars, you know, um, mm-hmm. in in the black entertainment industry. And um, but I was I was constantly like, a, you know, a, a sales rep would come to me and be like, I need you to watch this twelve minute clip and tell me how many thirty second spots of this commercial comes up and make sure we didn't miss anything you know it's just i was in the media oh, right. so so i got to you didn't I got want to do any make goods what's that did, did yeah they, exactly make goods yeah <laughs> yeah um so i was in the media quad so i was constantly you know dealing with video and and photography yeah. and just like sometimes that is editing some things and sometimes uh just uh, you know checking for things um and then the sure. rest of the time i got to do whatever i wanted so like i would i would cut my i would work on my own music i had some midi stuff in there i was just always playing around and it was a fun time but i you know i they offered me a full-time position and i just kind of laughed at the money and i you know i just come off the road like a, i was like a, i was on the you know I was a freelance musician for like 10 years prior to that uh-huh. and i was finally just like i'm not going to do that anymore and I, I worked at a restaurant as a sous chef for this like killer guy, Gramercy Tavern chef um, here in Brooklyn. Yeah. But it was just like grueling work, man, like 60, 70 hours a week. We had just gotten married and my wife was like, I never see you. She was a teacher. She worked days. I worked nights. So I was just like, I got to get out of this. And so I took this job. But a year in when they I, offered me like the long term package, I was just like, dude, I can make that in three nights at a bar. We had our first kid. So that's what I did. Went yeah. back to food and beverage, worked three nights a week in a bar, kept touring. 
Um, but it was a it was a very invaluable experience. I mean, I learned so much about media. Um, yeah. I learned a lot about, you know, I learned a lot more about uh, production and editing, but like just media in general and what purpose it serves. I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. very eye opening. Yeah. Interesting time. Yeah. yeah. And that was right before every powerful. that was right before social hit hard. And right. I appreciate I mean, Facebook. That. Yeah, it just started. So I, I, I set my Facebook up account on that computer, like sitting up there. I was like resisting, resisting, resisting. And it, you know, people kept saying to promote your shows because I was still playing a lot then. They were like, to promote your shows, man, it's a great tool. And I was like, ah, okay. And my, you know, I finally did it, but I did it on that computer. And like back then you had to like submit a copy of your ID and like all this weird stuff to get on Facebook. I was like, well, wow. Um, But it was, I'm really glad I had that experience prior to social really taking over because I have Mm -hmm. the context for like the old world (laughs) back in the day. You know, well, some of the things still apply in terms of, you know, basic marketing principles and stuff like that. Right. But then a lot of those don't apply. Right. Like back then, I mean, they they were doing 30 minute videos and, you know, long ads. And and a friend of mine that, that lives really close to me now, he comes in the restaurant a lot. He was working for I think it was sci fi. And he'd been there a long time. He's a few years older than me. And he's, he's been there quite a while. And his dad was also in marketing prior. His dad was like in radio. And he said, you know, there came a point where sci-fi kind of fractured its, its two approaches to, to meet with social and to meet with YouTube. And when they first started, he branched off with the YouTube uh, faction. And they were cutting 30-minute videos for YouTube. And he said the analytics that they were getting from YouTube were so finite that they realized everybody was dropping off after 15 minutes. So instead yeah. of wasting all their money on one 30 minute, they, they same amount of money, just a little bit more creative. And they were getting two episodes out and they could really hone in on, on the information that was coming back. And he said, you know, his dad used to always say from radio, we know 50% of marketing works. We just don't know which 50. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the beautiful thing about now. That's what I love. You know, I mean, I, I'm a creative at heart, but I also, appreciate business and that you've got to drive business goals. You know, that was actually, that was a nice thing about being at Fox sports. I was on air promotion manager, you know, and so I had to make um, image and tuning campaigns. Right. Mm -hmm. But, you know, uh, home teams, Fox attitude, you know, you got to be out there, you know, so you got to be really creative, but you had to have a strategy for putting everything to work. Right. But what was always hard. So TV metrics are one thing, but marketing video, until recently, it's really hard to have any data and say this yeah. is how it works. And now it's really exciting. Like, you know, I'm a big fan of platforms like Wistia, you know, or Vidyard, you know, which plug into your website or elsewhere and help you get really deep analytics. And you can yeah. see what people rewatch, you know, what, what they skip, you know, what um, their, you know, their engagement rates, their play rate. Uh, if you do an email campaign, you can have their email address. Oh, you know, um, Jeremiah, I sent this video out yesterday and he watched this video three times. He is so interested in this. I'm giving him a sales call, you know? Right, exactly. Time to make an offer. It, it's awesome. I love yeah. that. I <laughs> so. do too. And I, I had meetings. This is going back to like starting in November, working with like some young digital marketers. Cause it's definitely like an area I don't know about. I'm definitely coming from the creative side, but to 
also appreciate the business aspect and, and the yeah. goal. And, and once you own your own business, then it really, you're like, oh, we have to do this now. This is no longer like lip yeah. service. Like this is, this is survival. Um, and when I learned about like, um, like pixel management, you know, where they're like, they send an ad, whether it's video or whatever through social media. Yeah. And then they can like, especially digitally, they can trace whether you like follow through, like if you click, but then if you also ended up on the website, if you made a purchase, but mm-hmm. the guy was telling me, he was like, it's a little different for your restaurant, but he was saying, essentially, if they have their cell phone on them, I can tell you if a person that clicked your ad on social set foot in your restaurant after the fact. It's, and I was like, at first I was like, that's so creepy. And then I was like, that's kind of yeah. awesome though. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Hello there. So yeah. Hi. <laughs> so this date and time you check no, but, but just, to, I mean, it is, I'm always trying to get super intimate with, with customers. Mm-hmm. I think that's like really the bread and butter, no matter how you do it, whether you're doing it in, per, in person or digitally or on the phone, whatever, but just like, if you have their attention, like just make the connection. I wouldn't be so creepy yeah. as to be like, I know you click my ad, but I would definitely, yeah, yeah. knowing that information, I would definitely put like an ounce of extra effort into conversation with that person and just, you know, make it Absolutely. real. Make it Absolutely. Real. All right. We're going to take another break. We're going to pick back up when we get back. Everybody hang tight. We'll be back in just a few. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m., so tune in on Talk Radio NYC. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. curious person always asking questions do you desire to be in the know then join me antonia host of so now you know thursdays at 5 p.m at talkradio.nyc listen in as i attempt to satisfy that curiosity i will be talking with amazing everyday people join the fun so now you know on thursdays at 5 p.m at talkradio.nyc You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Okay, everybody. Hope you're having a great Friday. Again, you're listening to the Entrepreneurial Web. 
I'm your host, Jeremiah Fox. Today, we are speaking with Andrew Penziner from Boston, Massachusetts. He is the founder and owner of Motivity Video, which uh, is a marketing, predominantly a marketing video uh, production company. And he got started. Did you start right after your, your stint with Viacom in 2006? And, and then did you break off on your own? So it actually, it was a little bit more like seven. I was, I was okay. a bit of a freelancer for a year, a freelance producing until I realized there's like hundreds of producers in Boston, you know, and it's just, it's hard, you know. And, and so actually the Museum of Science in Boston, you know, great institution, got my name and number. And they're like, we have a huge project, you know, that we need someone to take on. And um proposal whatever they love my proposal and they said okay we want to give you this but you have to be a company tomorrow <laughs> so like okay llc no baby <laughs> yeah like so you know took the tea to the state house walked down the hall got ignored for two hours by someone who was 10 feet away from me and had no one else at the counter you know paid 520 dollars and i was a company yeah you know and you probably uh, couldn't you know, google you probably couldn't google how to start an llc back then could you <laughs> No, no, no. And so, you know, Andrew, Pen- I'm like, what am I going to call it? Andrew Penzener Productions, LLC. I can't mess that up. Right. And, and then, you know, but that was instructive in that, you know, it, it told me, I think it was the right thing that, you know, I, I had to be a business and I, you know, I had to take on, you know, whole projects and, but, you know, one of those who fell into it without a business plan, yep. you know, same. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and then, you know, one, and I, you know, and I did really well for a long time because I had a really good network and yeah. people were feeding me work. And, you know, this is also before 2009 in the recession. And so, you know, Staples would call me up for, you know, something totally not strategic, but like a B-roll package so they can send out footage to TV stations across the country, mm-hmm. whatever. And, you know, it could be thirteen to $15,000. Now that's like four, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, and, and, and so did the that, network. Did, did that switch happen during the recession or did it yeah, still it really, keep? Well, it, it went a little bit like 2012, things wrote a little bit longer, but nine yeah. set the tone and, um, you know, budgets were definitely bigger and I, you know, it was easier to structure videos and programs and packages and things like that in, in a way that made a lot of sense. And also you could put all of the project management and the creativity, you know, the client service and everything into the buckets and have the budget for it, you know? And, and um, so that was really, that was a big shift. I think I, you know, lost like, I don't know, $50,000 of work on January 1st, you know, or, you know, when it just poof went away and went in 2009. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's January. Like that many people in like a week said, oh, yeah, yeah, we're putting on we're ranks. Done. Yeah, yeah. We're mm-hmm. done. And so budgets, you know, I think that really changed budgets going forward for a lot of people, a lot of industries. Yeah, I mean, the same definitely happened in, uh, in food and beverage, especially service. Like retail went up big time. Um, my, my partners, my business partners had just opened um, – the wine store that we we still have um, at the end of 2007 and 2008, it was like good. We experienced some growth in 2009 hit and it was like, boom. And I was running a restaurant in the city in 2008 and that was going the opposite direction. So like retail went up, service went down. 
and that dip stayed for a little while, but then it, it bounced back hard. And I'd say like 2012 to 2015 was just like this huge ramp up, like essentially, a, I think like a mini bubble, you know, and then yeah. every, everything changed November of 2016. And uh, it, yeah. it kind of hasn't gone back since, especially here in New York. I mean, it, it may be regional, but um there's a, a little rally this week, though. <laughs> we, could, we, we, we could do our own pod, Save America, another day. Uh, yeah, yeah, I should, right? probably shouldn't have mentioned that. So. Um, <laughs> another podcast. But um, how can you compare that to what happened this year? Because um, that's, that's what really like inspired me to have you on was what you were talking about. You know, what, what essentially was going through your mind towards the end of last year and the beginning of this year, you were thinking of, of, you know, setting things down, laying your hands down and just going back to working for a company. Um, yeah. what was, how, can you compare or contrast the two kind of, uh, what's the word? Catastrophes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. You know, I, I think the, it was kind of easy in a way. I mean, in 2009, um, you could still have a shoot after that. Right. So you could still have a shoot legally. (laughs) Yeah, legally. And, you know, and the other thing was I was doing voiceover work. So I do do that on the side. And, um, you know, I might be in your kids Lexia learning program and some other things, you know, but um, uh, actually, I definitely am. (laughs) But, (laughs) But but you could go into a booth, you know, you can go into a studio, you could keep it going. And people. It was still a recession that people knew and understood recessions work the way recessions work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, I think everyone, you know, people hope for two years, but, you know, most people are really thinking this is like a five to 10 year dig out, you know? Um, I think if you're being realistic, right, it was deep. Yeah. And it was dramatic. Um, I think now the, the big thing is, you know, on, um, you know, March 12th, you know, at least up here, you know, everything shut down. And the idea of a video shoot was inconceivable, you know, and um, and for months it was that way. You know, I think I it, it, up until uh, August, I, I had four video shoots with just four, yeah. <laughs> you know, in person video shoots. I had done other things, um, you know, some clients who started doing you know, content semi regularly. We were using uh, StreamYard, you know, and some other platforms. Um, because you, we were looking for solutions where you could record higher end, you know, video. So stream, multi-stream like we're doing right now. Um, but also have a product that you can turn into something else. So the real big thing, restaurants, you know, is that we, we couldn't go into places and spaces and, and, you know, I do shoot, you know, a lot of the productions we do. So, you know, I would do, uh, the business would do. It, 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 you know, honestly, sometimes I, so I have these video marketing, these uh, blog packages where it would just be me, you know, quarterly blog packages, you know, um, strategic, you know, tied to goals, whatever, you know, we make, uh, you know, several six, uh, 60, 30 to 60 second video blogs uh, per quarter and roll them out over time. And I did that as one man band, you know, cause mm-hmm. I also have a filming, you know, I know how to film and light and edit, you know, really well. Um, but then, you know, sometimes I'd have 10 people on a shoot or more, you know, and the average being like three to four, but still no one was willing to do that. You know, I knew camera people, six figure camera people, like high six figure camera people who 
hadn't had four shoots by the end of August, you know? And so that, that was the really hard thing about it. It, it. Live and remote was the only way to do it until, you know, uh, regulations until we, Massachusetts, like New York started making really great progress. And so we were able to go back out, you know, I got some, I, I, I did some COVID compliance officer training, which is a new job in film and video, you know, so, uh, if I'm not hired to be that person, I could be the person who thinks about all of the things to make it safe. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, right now, there are, like you alluded to, a lot of interesting opportunities. You know, I've been, um, I never really thought that I'd regularly be directing shoots in other states from where I'm sitting right now. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, I, I won't, I can't mention the brand, but, you know, uh, two weeks ago directed uh, one shoot one day in Indiana, the next day, uh, Tennessee. And, you know, there, there was a small crew there, green screen, but this was going into a really good high end animated virtual production for a big virtual conference for this company, you know, and, and that was great and interesting, you know, and then I directed a few other shoots for them where I was on site and, you know, there were directing client and directing teams in cities across the country. We had about 10 people on, you know, and we had the whole thing configured. So everyone could work like they would, like they were in a room and, uh, you know, it didn't feel that much different. <laughs> that's amazing. You know, it's, um, and, 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 and that's kind of great. You know, it's an opportunity. Uh, you know, it's, it's an instructive, um, And, you know, I think it's kind of, you know, it's great. It's tactical kind of work, you know, it's freelance day player kind of stuff. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not afraid to say, you know, that when March 12th hit, kind of like 2009, a lot went away. Um, So these new opportunities, though, are sort of, as we're talking in in, in in the mastermind, you know, getting me thinking and saying, okay, understood, got it, you know, you know, how am I going to turn this into something more sustainable? Um, in addition to how am I going to translate um, some of those other products and offerings, the services, the, you know, the um, strategic video marketing packages that were typically done in person yeah. to an online, you know, rem- probably more remote than not mm-hmm. model. Yeah. That's fantastic. It's great to hear that because the real game of survival since March has been adaptability, mm. you know, and not, not, I mean, you have to have your, your, you know, your eye on the prize still, but mm-hmm. being able to, to get, I feel like, uh, like the old pinball machines, you know, I feel like the ball that's just getting, ding, yeah. ding, 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 and you go up and around and then like, you think, Oh, you're going to shoot and it shoot you back in and you go, yeah. But if you're, you know, if you're a little tough, that's not so bad. <laughs> well, you know, I, I will say there are a lot of lessons that I, I've learned being independent for so long. But right. one of them is it's a life lesson and it's comfort with not knowing and uncertainty. You know, yeah. like to sit in that hot, hot seat labeled uncertainty to just yeah. sit there and just be like, OK, I'm a little stressed, but I'm cool. I, I, <laughs> you know? 
something told me you were going to use the word comfort or uncomfortable in that. But like when you right when you went to say it, I was like, yeah. I know what's coming. That's amazing because that's it's been a constant reoccurring theme on the show. And for me personally, too, like in jujitsu, it's talked about constantly. The saying is get comfortable being uncomfortable. And that's like yeah. 2020 in a nutshell. Right. If you weren't right. thinking that way before time, it's time. I mean, you know, there's a part there's a part of me that's, you know, I think stressed more than, you know, I care to be right. Right. And, sure. You know, I, I have this old, this old creative director when I was at, uh, when it was, do you remember sports channel way back? Yeah, of course. So sports channel, New York sports channel, New England, we were all part of the same network before we became Fox sports. Mm-hmm. And the creative director there said, you know, I, I, he's like, I'd be up against the executives at the network and, you know, fighting the good fight for this idea that I believe in. They knocked me down. I'd hang tough. And he's like, then I go in the other room and that's where I cry. You know? <laughs> and <laughs> I, I cry after every show. <laughs> no, so, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. But you have to, you have to know, you know, y- y- you learn to know that you're going to make it work. Even if, yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes there's a knock that people can't get up from, but you have to know that you're going to figure out a way. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Cool. We're going to take one more quick break. We'll come back in just a few. And I want to talk about the future of motivity and video production. All right, everybody. Hang tight. We'll be right back. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day.
Okay, everybody, welcome back again. It's the Entrepreneurial Web. I'm Jeremiah Fox here talking with Andrew Penzener, owner and founder of Motivity Video out of Boston, Massachusetts. He was just talking about kind of the trend, the similarities and, and the differences between what happened in 2009 with the recession and what happened here in 2020 at the beginning of the year with the pandemic and kind of what some of the creative ways the film industry and, and he personally have adapted to continue going on and, and this reoccurring theme throughout life that we all should should really adopt but comes up often in the show is the idea of, of getting comfortable under pressure, uh, not thinking like, you know, oh, the prospects are just grand and, and we're going to sail off into the sunset. It's a grind. It's a constant, constant grind. Um, I'm curious to get your feedback. I, I try to ask this of everybody from all the different industries I have on the show. Like what now is kind of like the, the prognosis for the future? Like, how do, like, I don't even know if pe people ask me all the time, like what's going to happen with the restaurant industry and dining rooms. And I'm like, enjoy it now. Cause <laughs> like, I don't know. It might, they might disappear. We might just all be like, um, you know, the, the places where you hit the QR code and someone hands you a bag and you take off and you don't, you just don't do this anymore. It's, it's kind of freaky, but at the same time, I'm completely hopeful that like intimate little places like mine will always be around. People will always want to come together in some way. What do you think is going to happen with the, uh, the video industry? Um, you know, I ask music guys this all the time. Like, are we ever going to, are you ever going to play in like a packed stadium again? Are you ever going to go in like a big shoot with like tons of people? Or do you think it's always kind of going to be limited with some virtual component Maybe not even from a, a, a health concern. Now they just realize that this is cheaper. We can get you said, you know, in the last segment, it, it kind of worked like perfectly. And it was probably a lot cheaper. <laughs> People have been looking for video to be cheaper forever. <laughs> sure. And it's like every knock, every recession, every everything is like an angle to open the door a little bit more. And it's, it's unbelievable. Well, but, you yeah. know, I think. I was going to say, it also has to do with people's expectations because the same with the restaurant industry. It's a super low margin. And so we're always looking for a way yeah. to make it like I can't raise my prices much. You know, you can, yeah. people have expectations for that. But it's it, uh, what we learned from March on is like there were a lot of things that we did just because they were industry standards and people kind of expected it from both sides that you don't really need. And, and immediately people are like, no, I don't care about that. People are like, I don't care about linens. And I'm like, great. <laughs> like I won't have linens anymore. Like that shit was expensive. Yeah. You know, have you found that well, things like that to be true? Yeah. And, and, you know, you actually hit on something that I've been working on and thinking about for so probably about 2014, 15, but didn't start putting some of that into play until 16. So one, I think just at a high level, you know, I do think we're, so we are shooting again, you know, but mm -hmm. we're not, and some people are shooting a lot and some people are shooting a little, you know, I think yeah. on average for everyone to be filming a lot, because, and I say filming, there's your animated explainer and you can, you know, make that anywhere, right? An animated video, right? Right. But most videos have some live action component. You're a lot of them, right? So we're going to get back to shooting, but um, I do think that, a good degree of remote and live stream is going to stay. Mm -hmm. um, I think one, it's easier for some people. I think the barrier, to, the bar or barrier to entry is easier. Um, I think, like you said, some people love the cost of not having a crew there, you know, and equipment that costs money and, 
you know, all of that stuff that makes, you know, videos look great, you know, um, but I'll link this, you know, bring this all together. You know, I, I've always been one of those who says or who believes in, again, I said it in the beginning, right video at the right time. So I love user generated content. I love, you know, stuff made by companies in, in their offices, you know, and, and, and I love the other videos that we make that, go, you know, that sit on top or next to and work with those. I think you need all of the above. Um, I think we're probably a year or two out before, maybe two years out before we're close to shooting regularly like we used to, you know, um, because also a lot of my clients' budgets have been decimated, you know. Uh, so that's the other thing that people who feed us. But going back to what I was working on in 16, 14 and 16, really quickly, is that I was looking for ways, kind of like you were, to break the mold with video. One, I believe in video marketing, and I, I believe that there's a need for more and more content. But the current cost structure, the, the bringing a crew in, you know, having editors edit things, you know, voiceover, music, writing, all of those pieces, you know, really add up understandably. So I was looking for ways to break the mold. And I, I came up with these things called video generators. You know, they're on my website and they're, you know, products that let you do three, four or five videos per month in a repeatable way where you optimize them as time goes on and you put a little bit more time up front. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're lower cost and not as, and I'm not meaning to do a commercial, but this is my thinking about going forward, you know, is that I think we're going to be doing, I certainly want to be doing more of that kind of stuff, whether we're in person or remote, generating content in a strategic and efficient way that helps people, especially now, stay in touch of their customers and the people who, you know, come through their door, whether it's literally a door or, you know, their SaaS platform, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's the way. And, and, you know, so I'm working on that, you know, going forward. That's really fascinating. I like that idea and the, the scalability of that from like, from a, I would be one of your customers, like that appeals to me in a major way. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah. We've, we've got just a couple more minutes. I wanted yeah. you to, uh, you know, that, that's like really awesome from, from the video production angle, but you personally as an entrepreneur and somebody who is considering like you were talking about, you know, at a certain point you had that itch and you were like, all right, I got to scratch this. Like in 2006, I got to see what's out there. I think mean, that that's kind of been renewed for you right now under pressure and under just like life circumstances. <laughs> Do you have like a, just a, a quick one liner? I mean, you kind of, you said something already about, you know, comfort level, but just something else for like, for the kids, you know, for the up and comers who are just like super pumped and like just the one thing you would say to them or that you repeat to yourself it just like helps you kind of, I always like to leave on a high note and just. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, si se puede, you know, yes, we can, you know, it's <laughs> like, you know, I mean, you know, it's like, it's believe in yourself and, you know, and, and believe that you're going to figure it out keep your head down. I mean, that's the nose to the grindstone, but eyes open for opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Where can people find out about you? We didn't discuss like the website or anything. Where can people like get in touch with you or like learn more about your company? Sure. Motivityvideo.com. M-O-T-I-V-I-T-Y. I know that's fast. Video.com. You know, at Motivity Video, you know, Twitter, LinkedIn, you know, Andrew Penziner, 
all, all of those ways, you know, as, as you can tell, I, I like to talk, I get paid to do voiceover work. So I, you know, conversation, yeah, bring it on. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, fantastic work today too. I knew that like right away I was like, Oh, this guy, he'll be good. I didn't know you did voiceovers. That's another, that's even more impressive. Um, but yeah, really, really fantastic. That just means I, I won't shut up. So <laughs> okay. I'm, I have the same problem. I mean, Sam's telling me right now, get off the air, dude, shut up. There's another show. Um, I can yeah. do this. You know, when I first started and I, I saw like Joe Rogan episodes that were like three hours, like, how do they do that? I did my first show and an hour went by like that. I was like, oh, that's how yeah. it's natural. It's DNA. It, goes it does. It does. Well, thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, oh, thank I really, you. I really enjoyed it. All of you listening. I hope you you got something uh, from this and, and you have a really great weekend. Andrew, I'll see you on Tuesday morning for the next mastermind. The rest of you, I'll see you next Friday. Everybody have a great weekend. Peace out. See ya. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a curious person, always asking questions? Do you desire to be in the know? Then join me, Antonia, host of So Now You Know, Thursdays at 5 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. Listen in as I attempt to satisfy that curiosity. I will be talking with amazing everyday people. Join the fun. So now you know on Thursdays at 5 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you listeners looking to boost your business. Why not advertise on Talk Radio NYC with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply send us a message on our website, talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Are you a 
business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.